0: There's a number of of things to job satisfaction, but the ability to be an expert of your own productivity is a huge thing in job satisfaction. So I think that's sort of where the collaboration and the remote aspect plays into why I think HR and leaders in particular should care about this.
1: Hello and welcome to episode 73 of Chaos and Rocket Fuel, The Future of Work podcast. It's the podcast about everything to do with work in the future. It's brought to you by Wanda and Pattern, And I'm, as always, with Claire Haydar, who's the CEO at Wanda. Uh, what's been happening in your world this week, Claire? Hi,
2: Doug. Um, we're on in, the, in a different hemisphere to you, so you can definitely feel that end of year lull where people just really need to go on summer holidays and just really switch their brains off for a while um it's come up in conversation with so many people over the last you know few days where it's really time to just do a bit of a reset and and you guys are in the middle of winter right now so cozying up in front of the fire really looking forward to this conversation with lizette today because interestingly enough um she's all about collaboration and i'm thinking to myself this is the exact thing i don't want to be doing right now i just want to go to the beach
1: (laughs) (laughs) yeah so this is the last time we're chatting with lizette we sort of bring it all together we start to look i think a bit more at the practical applications um anything you want to say before we get stuck into lizette's conversation yeah i think it's important
2: for the audience to know you know what we'll actually be talking about from a practical application perspective so one of the very interesting pieces of the conversation that we had with Lizette where she actually provided a really striking alternative view is, number one, what are the characteristics of healthy collaboration? So we covered that in segment one, but then we looped that back in this segment to how do you actually measure that? So, you know, it's very easy for somebody to walk around and say, oh, I'm highly collaborative, but like, what are you benchmarking against? And Mm. you may be collaborative as an individual, but is that effective in the team setting, which is ultimately what makes or breaks a company. So we spoke about that. We spoke about, you know, how do we actually change company cultures to become more collaborative. And then we spoke about research that she's doing in this area right now, because naturally, with the huge changes that we've seen in work over the last two to three years collaboration is having to be looked at from a completely new angle in, in different areas. And so we dug into that with her, which was also very interesting. Claire, I'm
1: going to stop you there because I think it's time that we had a chat with with Lizette.
0: I've actually been promoting the use of virtual offices and telepresence technology for almost 10 years now. And I always thought it would move faster than it did. So my hope is that you know, these tools will quickly integrate. But what I'm seeing in reality is the urge for experimenting is not as high as as I expected with you. Like, you know, we're all busy. And actually what I should say is we, we should also never underestimate the overhead that comes with switching to a new technology or to a new style of working or a new tool. Like in the beginning, it's always clunky and awful as you start to learn your way around. And it just takes time and it screws things up like you're throwing wrenches into things. And that's never any fun because, you know, you, you something could be late or whatever it is. So, Let me also provide some more context there, Lizette,
2: because we can see in The customer work that we're doing, some of our customers are definitely pulling back to what was familiar before. You know what I mean. So, it's like the pandemic forced us into a new reality, but now that we have the freedom to move forward in the new reality or go back, you can definitely see to your point that you're making. People are just reverting to their old neural pathways, their old ways of doing things, their old habits. What is it going to take for technology to kind of pull everybody forward into these new ways of working?
0: Well, one, it's going to have to be a lot easier to use. It's still a little bit too difficult and it's going to have to be a lot less expensive. You know, like if you want to play around with an Oculus Quest, it's going to cost you 500 yes. euros or, you know, something like that. That's not like, small change for most people like that's an investment right you're going to have to really want it and for a company who's experimenting like you're not going to just buy telepresence robots to experiment with you know they can be 2k to 20k per robot you know so you're going to if you're going with uh holograms like hologram technology is still hugely expensive to do you know to do anything realistic so one we're a little bit far off from some of these technologies just because of price and also internet bandwidth like most people are still having trouble connecting to a a Zoom call with a decent amount of bandwidth. Like we can't bring holograms into the mix yet until we can at least all get on a Zoom call together. Right. So there's just sort of a sophistication level. But what I do see happening is there's a lot of 2D programs that are simulating the 3D world. So like you can even say things like Fortnite and video games where you're actually you know, on a 2D monitor, but you're simulating the 3D world. And that might be something that is a little bit more open to people like virtual offices like WeLo or Sococo, Remo and Hopin, all of these platforms that, you know, they're doing pretty well because it's a simple 2D structure. So in terms of the future, where we're going to go, well, we're going there slowly, but uh, there's also going to be a much bigger divide. Because the people that want to go back to the office, they're going to find there are the people that are required. But the rest of us, we're going to find new jobs and new ways to be because there's a lot of people out there that are just never going back. And I think the main reason is the commute. It's like nobody wants to go sit in the train or drive or, you know, see, like before, it didn't seem so bad to just commute an hour a day. Now, after the pandemic, it seems like insanity,
2: yeah, it seems like total insanity. And I actually, the way I phrase this to people, um, particularly when I'm doing like, you know, talks and things like that, I say to them, do not ever underestimate the power of a washing machine and the fact that somebody can literally walk down the stairs and put a load of washing in a washing machine and then just go back to work. Because that 10 minutes is 10 minutes more on the couch at
0: night. It has a major pull on people. I always said a bad commute can ruin a great job. Yes. No matter how much you like your job, if you have to do it every day back and forth, you know, we're going to go back to the office to a certain extent, but there's a lot of us that are, it's, you know, it's never going to be full time again for many people.
1: But also Lizette is very current at the moment is companies who have said, okay, we're going back to the office. They're starting to lose talent because as you say, people are walking out. I mean, recently one of the Apple execs quit. (laughs) There's going to be that push from the other side. So it's one thing talking about how a company is going to embrace technology and VR and AR, but if they're being pushed from the back as well by their their workforce, it might speed things
0: up. I really, I, I have to say after the pandemic, I don't understand the mandates for going back. I, I just simply, I, you know, it's, it's people wanting to do the right thing, but doing it in the wrong way, I feel. But like, let's treat people like adults. And we're all experts of our own productivity. We know when and where we can get our work done. That's why the focus on results should be so important.
2: Lizette, I want us to move the conversation into the really practical parts of this. So, We've spoken about the definitions. We've spoken about whether collaboration is measurable or not. And we've also then looked at the evolution of it. So moving on to those really practical pieces. So I'd like us to explore things like, should people leaders be caring about this topic? Should they be putting metrics behind this? I'd also like us to look at how we actually change the company culture. So starting with that first one. Talk to me about the role of HR when it comes to collaboration and how this should be or shouldn't be on the HR agenda.
0: I mean... You know, with HR, so I'm not like an HR expert for sure, but I would think, you know, with HR, what we want is we want people who are happy at their jobs, ultimately, right? We want people who are happy at work because when we have happy workers, we have higher quality of work being produced, innovation, like that's just where the magic happens when you have a happy team. So they need to care about collaboration because one, you want your workforce to be happy so that you're retaining the people that you have, I think that's the number one thing. And one of the things that we know is being able to have control over our work and our work day and the amount of work that we have and the kind of work that it is has a huge impact on job satisfaction. It's one of many components, right? There has to be like safety conditions, and you know, there's a there's a number of, of things to job satisfaction, but. The ability to be an expert of your own productivity is a huge thing in job satisfaction. So I think that's sort of where the collaboration and the remote aspect plays into why I think HR and leaders in particular should care about this. I like that. I like that a lot.
1: The next question then, I suppose, is how do you change a company culture to become more collaborative? And obviously, it needs to be sustainable.
0: I really think about this a lot because... I mean, what, I have a lot of people coming to workshops and they're all wanting to sort of change, like they're all coming because they're challenged with something and they want to change something to work. I can really only speak from experience, but the thing that I think is most important for companies is just putting regular feedback loops in place of various kinds, regular retrospectives, regular town halls, regular one-on-ones, regular team surveys, like how is the team doing? But then not just taking the, getting the feedback, but then doing something with the feedback and being open about what you're trying and transparent about the results. So to me, I think changing a company culture just really comes down to iterating. But in order to do that, you have to have it be deliberate. And so that's where I think coaches come in. And I am a huge fan of coaches. I have been I have various coaches for various things, but my business coach and I have been working together for years now. And what I've learned from the process of working with him is that change happens in small increments over time. And the best thing to do is to be deliberate about it. So to design an experiment, to collect the data, to learn from the data, and then to iterate on that experiment over and over and over again. And so I think that that's the only way to change culture in an organization is to collect the data, design experience, and then do something with the results. It's gonna look different for every organization, of course. There's no one... I wish there were a one-size-fits-all. We would all like make a million dollars selling the silver bullet formula. But every organization has its various feedback loops. But I think, yeah, on a, on a hybrid, it's it's just a critical component. So feedback loops and coaching.
1: Who, in your opinion, is leading or are leading researchers in this area? And what sort of discoveries are they making that we should know about?
0: So two people came to mind immediately when I was thinking about this question. One is, I've already mentioned in other segments, I've mentioned Jurgen Apollo from the Management 3.0 community. He wrote a book in particular called Managing for Happiness that is one of the more brilliant books that I've ever read on leadership. And what's great about the book is it's deceptive. It's very colorful and very cartoony and lots of pictures and all kinds of things. But when you dive into the depth and the breadth of what Jurgen's talking about in terms Terms of leadership and happiness, it's mind-blowing what's in that book. So don't let the cartoony look of it deceive you. So I would say Jurgen Apollos is definitely a leader here. And the next one I'm going to say is Cal Newport. Interesting. And he's the author of Deep Work, of course. Yeah. And he just wrote a book called A World Without Email. And he talks about the whole phenomenon of the hyperactive hive mind. And in terms of hybrid working and remote working, he didn't mean to write the book on hybrid work. But I think that this is probably one of the best books out there if you want to learn about how to tame all this unscheduled, unstructured unnecessary messaging and meetings going back and forth and actually how to design workflows that, yeah, I like how he says he, that tame this hyperactive hive mind behavior. So those are sort of the two thought leaders out there that I'm really inspired by lately. It changes over time, of course, but.
2: Yeah, no, of course, it's, it, we're always finding new people to inspire us. So, okay, Lisette, honestly, this has been a great conversation. And I know that our audience is going to benefit hugely from it. So thank you for giving us your, your
1: share, Lizette, also from my side, thanks so much for your time. It's been really interesting and high energy as Claire promised. And uh, yeah, thank you for that.
0: Thank you both.
1: And that is the end of episode 73 and our comprehensive look at collaboration, past, present, and future. If you found this podcast of value, please share it with your friends and colleagues. Catch us on Spotify, Google or Apple Podcasts, or of course on Wonder's website, WNDYR.com. And from Claire and myself, bye for now.